good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jonathan Harvey, and I'm your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. You can find me on Facebook um, under Jonathan Harvey, and you can find me under the Modern Conservative, Modern Conservative Podcast on Facebook as well. Also, now I am on Twitter and Truth. Um, today, I have a really good guest, a friend of mine, actually. He's actually the guy that's on the other side of the microphone. He's the one who makes me sound good when I sound stupid. <laughs> so his name is Mr. Brian Hyde. And Brian actually has his own podcast. And he does, has a radio spot in, what's that, Brian Dixie? Yep, down in St. George. Down in St. George. Oh, I can't say Dixie anymore because, oh, that's you know, right. that's a ra- yeah. So that's racist. <laughs> Brian, welcome to our show. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thanks, John. Hey, hey, you know, we've, you and I've done many episodes together. And today I just decided, you know, the guy who listens to me the most, I need to have a conversation with him because, ladies and gentlemen, he is a conservative. And uh, <laughs> some of the stories we talk about, the conversation we get into, sometimes needs to be put on the air, would you say? Oh, yeah. Brian? Now, I'm content to sit back and just kind of humbly absorb your wisdom like I do each week, but. If you ask my opinion, watch out. I have a few. <laughs> well, we're going to get your opinion today because uh, I know some of your opinions. Let's start off with this. The shooting in, in Baltimore. You know, the guy had 25 charges. And one of those charges was, was uh, domestic terrorism based upon hate. Now, what's ironic to that, they've given more emphasis to that particular charge rather than all the other 24. And they say, well, this one should get him life for sure. Murder wouldn't. I don't know if you follow that one or not, but I have to confess, I I'm there. I'm not trying to make it sound like there's so many shootings. How do I keep track of them all? But but I'm I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the Baltimore one. Can you kind of fill me in? Was this, was this really recent? Yeah, this was recent. He uh, went into Baltimore and shot, I think it's like 20-something people. Holy cow. And uh, and uh, he was 18 years old. And um, I was just watching some stuff on YouTube, the court session. Well, the public, the prosecutor was talking to the people, saying, well, we're going to hit him with 25 charges because this represents every victim that was, you know, um, killed or shot because of hate. And the conversation was all about the fact that it was a terroristic killing based on hate. Not that that he was automatically going to get life or death. Well, he's in New York, so he's not going to get death. But he's going to get life in prison. If he doesn't get life in prison for the other 24, there's something wrong with that scenario. But this is what they're talking about, as if... It was the life in prison, not, excuse me, the terroristic hate charge. That was the one that the, the one that's going to really nail his nail to the coffin for the rest of his life and not the other 24 victims. So that's what that's about. But, you know, do you ever remember? Have you think about it? We're about roughly about the same age. And uh, in the past 20 years, 25 years. 
I've never seen so many mass shootings by youngsters in yeah. our history. What's your thoughts? What do you think? Why is that? Why do you think that is? Well, you know, of course, the media likes to blame the gun, right? As if we didn't have access right. to guns or, you know, even, you know, the same types of guns over all this time. But I, I, I've seen a couple of different articles that I thought really have zeroed in on some of the causes and uh, broken homes. I think is the one thing you will find that every one of these shooters has in common. Um, they're either missing a father in the home or they have been abused or they have uh, been on, uh, you know, mood regulators, psychotropic drugs, the SSRI uh, type drugs. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that they have in common, but uh, an intact functional family doesn't seem to be part of that equation. I, and the thing is, you know, when you it's. It's hard to me to believe that somebody in the home couldn't see what's going on with these kids or these kids in general. It's, I mean, it's like they all of a sudden come out of nowhere and nobody, I hate to use this word, could see the red flags. You know, although, you know, no, I just want to clarify um, when you you've said Baltimore, but do you mean the Buffalo uh, New York shooter, the kid who was Buffalo, shooting. The, sorry, okay, sorry. okay Buffalo, I'm, on, I'm on the sorry. same page with you here. Sorry, that kid was known to the FBI. He was known as a troublemaker, the shooter down in Uvalde, Texas. Known to authorities because of right. previous threats and things. I mean, his nickname at school was school shooter, and and that's cool <laughs> that the other kids <laughs> called him that. But that's you know they they saw it coming, and and so it's it's not like how old this just happened out of the blue. It's, uh, I mean, the, the media wants to blame it and politicians want to blame it all on, well, it's because of guns. But clearly there are some other factors at play here. And I'm, I'm much more of the, the mindset that uh, this is an indication of a culture that's very deeply in decline. And, and it starts with the, the home being broken and families being um, torn apart. And, and I think that contributes to this far more than, than simply, well, you know, you could go down and buy a gun, which, you know, this, this guy in, in Buffalo apparently did. And apparently the kid in, in Texas did as well. You know, it, the thing is, we always hear about when the gun is the villain, but we don't hear about when it's the hero. Case in point, no. Tennessee, you know, guy driving up down the street, the people, it was a uh, graduation um, celebration going on, and uh, this guy was driving pretty fast up down, up and down the street. So they called the police on him. The police came out. Guy got pissed off. Go, went to his home, grabbed the shotgun, and shot the two officers. And a woman who was carrying a concealed weapon killed the guy. But we don't hear about that. We don't hear about when the gun is actually the hero. We always hear about, you know, the bad gun. You know, I didn't I, I didn't tell you this, but the other day I was driving down the street and I saw a AR-15 walking by itself. <laughs> so I stopped AR-15. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm just going to a mass shooting. Oh, yeah. I said, wow. You can do, do that, that by yourself. <laughs> yeah. He says, if you can ask the Democrats, we can. So, you know, this is how crazy the gun laws or, you know, the gun um, anti-gun advocates are because there's a narrative that they seem to try to escape. Each gun and each shooting, there is a individual who is somewhat mentally incapacitated. 
almost like Joe Biden. I'm surprised he hasn't done it drive by because he would know his gun from his pencil or a 12 gauge <laughs> from a pencil. But I, the thing is, they're coming after Second Amendment. And you best believe it now, because now you're hearing these stupid Republicans talking about, well, maybe we need to do gun reform and, you know, stringent, more stringent gun control. If California and and Chicago hasn't proved to you that no matter how stringent your gun laws are, you're still going to have a lot of murder. California got the most, what I call the most intrusive background check. It takes forever to get clear through to buy a gun. They have 10 round magazines. That's their limit. And they still have murder. So do you really think we can figure out how to control mass murders or shootings in Chicago? Is it possible? No, it's the problem isn't the hardware. The problem is the software and it's it's people's minds. It's people's hearts. It's uh, I think it I think it's it's equal parts uh, mental as well as a spiritual problem that, that brings that mindset of, you know what, I need to hurt and harm as many people as possible. One thing I would ask you to remember, though, John, the people who are calling for gun control the loudest, the people who are most insistent, we have to get these guns out of everybody's hands, are the very same people who are insisting that guys like you and I be removed from society for refusing to take a medically a medical experiment jab here just in the last year or so. It's the same people. They want to control us. They wanted to remove us from society with us having harmed no one and having no intention of harming anyone. I'm not going to give them a whole lot of credibility when they tell me this is the right thing to do, Brian. You should just give up your guns and and do what we say. You know, we are a threat to what they ultimately want to gain. That's power and control of us. Those of us who stand out, and speak about things that the government are trying to do to us, and yet we're trying to stop it, we are a problem for them. And most of us who speak out, we are gun lovers. We are God-fearing people. We love our country. We're not stupid enough to believe because the government tells us to do it, it's the best thing in our our interest. It hasn't been for the 56 years I've been on this planet They've done nothing. The government does not create anything but chaos. They can't run a budget like we're supposed to do. They, they're, they're, they're criminals, which we're not supposed to be, because most of these guys are making their money in a manner that's unethical. And when you have an unethical character, you kind of want control, so it protects your unethical behavior. Yeah, because without a doubt. all of us that can make our what's that without a doubt so the, the, but people brian are not for some reason it's not clicking to, for a lot of people here's a here's something happened the other day i went fresh fish with a friend of mine so we're coming back to salt lake and he's known to be a democrat but this particular conversation he says to me he says no i'm not a democrat and i'm not a republican and and I don't like conservatives. I said, wait a minute, why don't you like conservatives? He says, well, I don't like conservatives because conservatives are trying to, to end uh, the free meal in schools. I said, are you serious? That's a Joe Biden move. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden said, if you do not subscribe to the transgender 
rights in your state, we will not fund factions of education, which was the the uh, the free meal. I don't I don't know what you call it, um, but they refused. They were not going to fund it. And I said to him, "That's what I said. No, you really are a Democrat because you don't understand what's really going on, and you believe it's the conservatives." When it comes to the school, it's the Democrats. School, um, the school unions are Democrat. But he doesn't understand that. And But then he says, look, I don't like the Democrats for some of the things they do because I don't believe in abortions once you develop a heart rate. The, the fetus develops a heart rate. He says, then I'm done. He says, right there is when you need to stop. I said to him, brother... You're more conservative than you ever thought. A lot of people don't know that they are truly a conservative, but they don't want to be tagged as that because it's embarrassing to somebody else or it make him look weak. Instead, I say, you know what? I don't believe in this crap. I don't believe in this crap. I am a conservative. I used to be. Hey, I did it. I was a Democrat. And so this is what this is what we're losing. Uh to in this country when it comes to our voters, because, you know, if we could all stand together, Brian, we'll be a lot more powerful. Well, right now, the political left is doing a very good job of exploiting and and not just the political left, because you mentioned there's Republicans that are kind of uh, bending the knee for the idea. Well, maybe we do need some gun control. And the political class does a very good job of keeping us divided, keeping us squabbling amongst each other. Um, If we could come together and, and just say, look, I don't want to control your life. You shouldn't be controlling my life. It's the political class. It's the politicians that are that are benefiting from this because we both go running to them for solutions about not wanting to be controlled. What if we were to instead, you know, focus on them, make them irrelevant, take their power away? We'd all be happier. We'd be paying less of our money to them in taxes, which they're turning around and using to try to further enslave us. But for some reason, there's there's a fascination, you know, with with what uh, the political class is doing. And uh, sadly, they're they're succeeding really good. I mean, they're doing a great job at uh, dividing us and, and keeping us fighting amongst each other instead of focusing on the real threat, which is typically in Washington, D.C., and sometimes in our own state capitals. Exactly. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, tyranny trickle downs from the federal government all the way down to the state, you know. Here's a quick question I want to ask you. I've been asked this oftentimes, and my answer is, you know, I believe in a two-party system because you have to have checks and balances because, you, you I mean, you can't have the cat watching in the hen, the fox watching the hen house and at the same time screwing the foxes as well, the hens as well. What's your thought on two-party system? I'd like to hear your take on it. I Okay, first of all, I have to confess, I'm kind of a political agnostic. I participate in politics, but only to the extent that whatever little influence I have can help promote <laughs> limited government, more personal freedom, more personal responsibility, etc. The two-party system, right. as it is right now, is simply two different sides of the same coin. And, and that coin is right. statism, which is based on the belief that anything that's not under the control of the state is by definition out of control. And that's why when the Republicans are in power, government never really shrinks. The regulatory and administrative state never really gets trimmed down. And when Democrats are in power, it's the same thing. The only difference is one of these parties is driving us off the cliff with the pedal to the floor. The other one is driving the posted speed limit. (laughs) Now, 
I like that one. I like that analogy because I, I'm, I truly believe, you know, that when um, when it comes to politics and these politicians, um, it's kind of like four years, one set does something good. Then the next four years, the next set changes it. Then somebody does something good. It's almost like where a tug and a push with these guys. It's like they're not trying to do anything that's long lasting or permanent. For example, executive orders. The reason why I don't like executive orders, because they're only good for four years. The next president can come in and just wipe them all out. And we just seen that in 2020 within a few days. Within a few days, our country went straight to shits. And so we've got to have a better system where our politicians are held accountable. If It's just so sticky. I mean, I tried to think about how to make it work. But the problem is you're dealing with people. You deal with men and women. They have greed. That power control. And the only thing I can think of doing is, I mean, somebody said, you know, we need to get rid of the Republican Party. You can't get rid of the Republican Party. It's the, the, the two primary parties are the most powerful parties in this country. You have libertarians. You have your independents. They're never going to get a foothold to be relevant other than taking away votes from elections and let more ignorant, ignorant people become politicians. So that's my take. So I believe in a two-party system, even though it's to me it's the lesser of both evil because if it's a one-party system, it's just pure evil. You, then who's going to kick anybody out of office? It won't be us. Well, and we're, we're headed for a uniparty right now. I mean, it's it, to the extent that, look, if there if there was, um, just, I'm just suggesting maybe there was some monkey shines that were taking place in the last election. And yeah. th- it, if that was, in fact, the case, then it seems like uh, the Democratic Party right now has a pretty good lock on the election process. And this is true, not just at the national level, but you saw it at the state level, sometimes even at the local levels. And if, if that process is corrupted then we've lost that degree of accountability from the people in office. And, you know, the, to me, though, there's still that whole administrative state, you know, some would call it the deep state, that bureaucracy that mm-hmm. is there no matter what, who, whether a few places, you know, a few faces and names change as far as elected officials, it seems like the bureaucracy still stays. So at some level, we've got to be enough of problem solvers that no matter which party, is is in power um the the role of government has been diminished to the to its essential um purpose which is to protect our god-given rights to keep us free not to micromanage every single aspect of our lives and it's funny that you mentioned god-given rights because since the invention of the democratic party they haven't really cared much about our god-given rights um and people don't understand you know that when I say that, I mean simply this, you know, the Republican Party was founded in 1854 for commerce and the rights of another man. You see, the Republicans didn't believe that another human being should be considered farm animals, stock, property, because that means we're not all created equally. 
And so the Democrats for many, 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 many years ran this country basically unopposed. I mean, you have the Whig Party and you have certain parties that were run up against it. But for the most part, they were Democrats and they ran the country the way they wanted to. For the most part, especially in the Deep South. So my question to you is, you know, we've got a new election coming up in five months. And here they come now with the racism. Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to get away from this crap where the white man is the evil guy and the black man or the black individual are the victims of the white man? And, you know, if you want free educations, we got it from you. Um, are we ever going to get away from this? I think we are. But I, I say this with the understanding that uh, the pendulum it swings back and forth. And we've seen times where it's swung to a more conservative stance generally through the country to a more uh, hardcore progressive stance. But the push since Biden took power in uh, early 2021 has been so pronounced. I mean, the very first things he did, or the reason we're paying so much at the gas pump right now, in part is because one of the very first things he did was shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. And and start. that was the beginning right. of how do we make it harder and harder to produce energy, to, to you know procure gas and oil. I think when it swings back this time, I, I really do worry it's going to swing back so hard and, and possibly violently. And, and it's simply because people have been backed into a corner and they're going to realize at some point it's we have nothing to lose by putting our foot down. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing accusations of domestic terrorism, because that can be flexible enough. It can mean anybody who disagrees with us, which is, I think, what mm-hmm. uh, what the Biden administration means. You look at the, the Democratic apparatus right now. The FBI is being used. The Department of Justice is being used as a tool to punish dissenters within the political system the guy who said uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go about impeaching joe biden the next week he's arrested and frog walked out in handcuffs tell me that's not intimidation you know and the thing is you know i i I tell people quite uh, quite often that there's something weird about this election series because the democrats are not really doing anything they're not out there running for office they're not talking a lot of bs because they're basically doing the same thing Joe Biden had done when he was in the basement running for president. And in, in, you bring up an interesting point as well. You know, um, frog walking somebody for saying something like, you know, we're going to impeach Joe Biden. This is just me speaking. This is my conspiracy theory or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. But I think it's going to work out well as far as me being right I personally believe that the reason why, one, you don't see Democrats um, doing campaigning like they normally do is because they know the red wave is coming. They know it's coming and they know campaigning is going to do them absolutely nothing because their own people are turning on the party. At least the Biden administration, people say, well, I don't want no more of this shit. We're done. We're done. But the problem is January 6th. January 6th should have been over a long time ago for a glorified glorified trespassing charge. It is still going on till this day. And the reason why it's going on till this day is because of what's about to happen this November. They know if they cheat, 
and they stay in power, which is the only way they can stay in power, is 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 because they cheated. I'll I'll say it. It's because they cheated. But that's letting the January 6th is letting the people know if you stand up against us, this will happen to you in November 2022. So sit your asses down. Let us do what we want to do. And you just take it and deal with it. And I think that's that's my whole point. That's how I think about January 6th, because it should have been over a long time ago. Oh, it's, and they're still talking it's a clown about show. It. It's a clown show, and it's it's a passion play that they're putting on to try to to play the victim and to show every. This is why you need us to protect you from those evil white supremacist domestic terrorists that are trying to overthrow our beloved democracy. Um, I, I have no faith in the political class, and sadly, that includes a lot of Republicans, especially those who um, I seem determined to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat or. Maybe it's defeat from the jaws of victory um, by, by agreeing with gun control. My my fear for um, any possibility of a red wave this fall is that if enough Republicans decide just out of uh, bipartisanship, they're going to go along with like red flag laws or something like that. They're going to be part of the route as well. In other words, nothing's really going to change. And and we're just going to be stuck with two more years of, of the status quo, which. Dude, I don't know if we can take it. I don't. I don't know. It's things seem to be accelerating. Uh, do you get that that vibe? Ah, uh, dude. I yeah, I do. And, and the thing is, it's uh, uh I want to say, look. I think all hell is going to break loose. That's just me personally speaking. I think things are not going to go so well for look. Well, I'm putting it this way, physically. The red wave will happen. But by the end of the night, I don't think we'll have that representation. Something's going to happen, and they're going to realize, they are going to realize, if we can cheat this time and get away with it, we can get away with anything. We've just made 230 million Americans get vaccinated just because we told them to. And we scared the living hell out of them. These people will do anything we want to do. We made you inject your children with a vaccine that we don't know what's going to happen five to 10 years down the road. So this is what they're counting on. They're counting on weak-minded Americans, even so-called conservatives, bowing down to them and letting them have their way. Now, I will say this. There's a lot of people out there doing a lot of talking as if they're Billy Badass. Billy Badass might have to step up to the plate and start swinging if he wants to keep his freedom. In my opinion, the people you need to worry about or that they need to worry about, actually, it's not the people who are running their mouths. It's the people who have stopped talking and have that determined look on their face. Those are the ones that are going to be something to be reckoned with. Exactly, because they're not trying to be popular on the Facebook posts. They're not trying to create viral contents. They're just waiting to see what's going to happen. Their mind is made up. Oh, it's already made up. Their line in the sand, if you look closely, is a trench. (laughs) That should tell you something. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what, though? Those are the people that 
moderate conservatives are calling they're far too right. You know, these guys are crazy. How far do you really have to go to protect your family and your freedom? Damn it, if you have to go all the way to the right, you go all the way to the right. Because at some point in time, if they take your freedom, you can be one of those crybabies saying, I wish I hadn't given up my guns or my rights or my freedom or my mindset to be a stand-up American. So I don't know, dude. I don't know where we're going to go from here, but I will tell you this. We're going to go somewhere. And it's, it it's going to be, be a ride <laughs> by all indications. We're, oh. we're, we're in for a ride. All, my, oh, suge- my suggestion you. is this. Is this Know the people that you can really trust. Know, this is the time to get tight with the people who you would trust with your life and uh, and hunker down. The storm will blow over eventually, but I think it's going to be it's going to be a rough one for a little while. Brian, before we go, how can people find you? We already know how they can find me. My, how to, uh, tell go, them a little bit about yourself and who you are. Go what to my website. Do. It's called the Brian Hyde Show. Brian with a Y, Hyde with a Y. Um, that's that has all the contact info. You'll find my show there. You can, you know, check it out for yourself. See if I'm as full of it as, as it may appear. Stop. How about your radio station? Uh, right now, I'm currently on in uh, in St. George, Utah on 1450 a.m. So they uh, they air my show daily from 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. Wow. And then we're going to be doing something together if we can ever get on the damn phone call. Looking forward we'll to that. Do, we're you have we're no going idea. to do some things together. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of my show. Catch me on Thursday. And I'm on the Modern Conservative Podcast on Facebook. You guys have a great afternoon. My name is Jonathan Harvey, and I'm your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. Love you.